of life. There are four big topics in life, sex, health, suffering, and money. In those four big topics, God speaks a lot about godly principles in the Bible. If I start to understand those principles, my life goes in a new dimension with God. Yeah, we also had a fire between us. We had wild hot sex. It's the truth. Gotta say it. 
and it was just so fulfilling. the best week ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fulfilling, and um, it couldn't get better than that. Then the kids came back home, and one day later, one of them brought the flu from school, a horrible sickness where you lay in bed, every bone hurts, your head's pounding like a hammer, and fever, it was horrible. It went through the whole family one by one, and we were just surviving. There was no sign of sex anywhere in sight, so we know that it, there are colder and there are hotter times. It was the worst week ever. <laughs> you know, I think, when we when we starting to talk about sex, we are we know we we've been married now for thirteen years, and uh, in, in as it is in all the areas of life, it can be a roller coaster. There's ups and downs, and that's the reality, even with the topic of sex. But I want to start with um, praying at the beginning because we want you to go home with the vision. We want whether you're single, whether you are in a relationship, or whether you've been married newly. We have some newly married couples here, or for many, many years, we want you to go home with the vision in the area and in the phase you're in for your sex life. And I want to pray for that and make this prayer your own prayer. Open up your heart. You know, in church we don't talk so much about this topic, but I think it's time that we make some statements that we can actually go in a great way and, um, and in, a, in, a, in a comfortable way with this area of sex. So Jesus, I want to pray for this afternoon that you... I'm here, I open up my heart, I'm here with wherever I am in my sex life and I want to ask you Holy Spirit to speak to me, to give, you a, to give me a clear picture of what it means in the phase I'm in to live out a healthy and balanced sex life. Amen and Amen. Awesome. Hey, it's so good to talk about that stuff because the church, as I said, keeps silence most of the time. And we want to start with this one statement at the very beginning that sex is a godly fire. It's a good thing. I mean, that's how it started out when God created man and woman, Adam and Eve. Uh, we see in the very beginning of the Bible, the second chapter, God, the Bible talks about sex. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. They have sex. They are glued together as tight as possible. Adam and his wife were both naked, beautiful verse, and they felt no shame. I mean, if you read this verse, you see the beauty of a relationship. It is the most intimate relationship you can have with your wife. They were both naked, it is said, but there's no shame at all. Adam and Eve, as the first couple in the Bible, they actually were able to let their pants down in front of each other without any shame. And I think in area, not only in the sex, but also, we read that in the uh, two chapters later, and that's a very deep Bible verse as well, uh, they had sex, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. In the King James Version, it says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. And there's something very basic and profound and beautiful in that, because I think we are made for this intimate relationship. You are made to be in a, a relationship, a very intimate relationship. You are made as a sexual being. And the Hebrew word for having sex or for making love, and in the King James Version it says he knew his wife, is called yada. And yada doesn't only mean sex, doesn't only mean having love, making love, it also means to be in a very, very 
intimate connection with each other, to be devoted with each other, to care for each other, to really know in the most deep and profound way the other person you're with. That is the word yada. And we are made for that, you know. I want to show you a picture of me and my family. And that is also a very intimate picture for me. That was two years ago in the fall camp, we were at the beach and and that picture, we have that hanging in our living room, that stands for this yada, for this deep connection to have that with my wife. I mean, you see the fruit of our sex life here, right? <laughs> three beautiful children. So we at least had three times sex in our life, maybe. <laughs> but this picture is very deep for me because I know I've been married to this beautiful woman for 13 years. I know her deeply and we are connected to each other. We are like, sticked like glue together. I yada my wife. I know her very deeply. I have love with her. And out of that love, another life, out of our own DNA is being produced. You see, the fruit of our sex life, it's like, I see this princess and these two boys, and they are the fruit of something intimate, of something beautiful. So sex is an amazing thing. It creates life, and God is for it. He's made you like that. But not only that, it doesn't only produce life. Sex is not only there for, for making children. It's also there, and that's right there in the Bible, to be enjoyed. Read in Proverbs 5. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Great, huh? All the men like this now. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving doe, a graceful deer. Let her breast satisfy you always. Not sometimes, always. May, may you always be captivated by her love. That is black and white right there in the Bible. What does it say about us human beings? We are made for sex. We are created as sexual beings and God wants us to enjoy sex. Sex is a godly fire. God is pro-sex. He is not a sex grump. He is pro-sex. And sex is a good thing and a godly fire. And fires need boundaries. Just like, just like this fire pit here, it keeps the fire safe. And because when fires get outside of their boundaries and they get out of control, they can be terribly destructive. Here's two pictures. Here's a romantic couple enjoying the fire, safe in the fireplace. And here's a fire that got out of control and just damaged and destructed. And this is like sex in marriage, that's like sex outside of marriage. Yeah, the Bible says, honor marriage and guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line against sexual or casual and illicit sex, so it belongs between a husband and a wife. And in Exodus, one of the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. So the Hebrew word for adultery is nahab, and Nahab stands for sex with someone outside of the covenant of marriage. Sex belongs, so don't have sex with somebody outside of marriage. It belongs in marriage. And self-control, there's a Bible verse about self-control. In Song of Solomon's, my bride, you are like a garden that is locked up. My sister, you are like a spring of water that has a fence around it. You are like a fountain that is sealed up. So this man respects that she's not yet attainable. He can't have her yet. Self-control is possible, and here's an illustration. Let's say that there's a couple on a hot date, and things are starting to cook between them. 
and they're about to have sex for the first time, and one of them says, by the way, I have every sexually transmittable disease known to mankind. Would the other person say, oh, it doesn't matter. We, this, this is such a passionate moment, and it's already out of control. Come on, let's go ahead and do it. I think not. I think they would find they have a whole lot of self-control and a strong will to say no. So you have self-control and you have a will. The question is, do you trust that what God says is convincing enough, that you trust him enough to let that be your self-control and let that be your will? Like, this, the diseases were enough to tell that person no, and the question is, do you think what God says is enough to tell you no, I should wait? Um, yeah. And I know that most of you are not teenagers anymore. I know that lots of you singles are in your 30s and 40s, maybe 50s. And I have a friend who says, yeah, of course I plan to wait, but I've already been waiting for so long. And I hope I can stay strong. The thing is, this understandable from a human perspective. I think it gets harder and harder the longer you have to wait. But God's truth never changes. It always remains the same. So no matter what happens in life and no matter how how situations change in life, God's truth is always the same. So he's saying sex belongs in marriage, and that's what he designed it to, to be in, and he finds it right and good there. A recent study in the Houston Chronicle, that's a popular newspaper in Texas, says that there's an 80% higher chance of divorce for couples who lived together before they got married than for couples who didn't live together before they got married. And there's lots of studies that show that the best and most often had sex is really in the relationships that happened over a long period of time where there's a lot of trust and loyalty and that one night stands actually lead to depression. There's something that has always helped me while I was waiting and it's, um, it's the soul, mind and body it's the connection. Let me find my pen. It's a good idea if these things all grow like at the same rate. Like let's say you just met somebody and you're really getting along great and you're not yet really holding hands or kissing and then it grows to a relationship. Then it grows to engagement maybe. And then if you get married, the person says on your wedding day, yes to you, and says, yes, you and only you, and I commit to you with my soul, with my mind completely. And that's when it's the best time to give the whole body to that person. And it's not really in balance if you just met and you kind of know each other, but you totally give the person everything of your body. And even, even without the Bible, you can see that's just really not in balance and it's just not really wise. So I... That just really helped me, just to, just to kind of keep it all on the same level. I waited because I was determined to only give my whole self to somebody who says, I want you and only you for the rest of my life. Um, I was really lucky to have people in my life at the time that, that were great role models and said, it's worth it, it's worth it, just wait and don't settle for anybody less than, than somebody who would just give their whole life for you. It's, it's so valuable, it's so valuable. The sex is so valuable and you as a person, you feel like you're so valuable if you just wait. And I think um, 
that the sex gets cheapened and lessened, that the value just loses its worth if it's just given to anybody and whoever. And I was seeing lots of my friends having their hearts broken left and right because they would sleep with a guy and then the next month he would sleep with their friend. And there's just so much catastrophe. I don't even have to tell you, like children married outside of marriage or diseases or, but the heartbreak, I mean, it's, you can just see that it's just not good. And um, yeah, Bjorn and I both waited. It's really, well, we got married young, I know. We got married with 21, but it still felt like forever waiting. Um, yeah, but we did make it, and I can say that we still benefit from it and enjoy. We still benefit and say, oh my gosh, nobody knows us this close. We're the only ones who know each other this close. And um, we just don't, we don't have the, the memories of somebody else. We don't have the comparisons of somebody else. We don't have the heartache from somebody else. And it's just such a satisfying, clean, pure thing. It's like a secret place between me and him, and it's only ours, and nobody else was there. And I just think it's so worth it to wait. Yes, maybe you expected that statement in church, hey, sex is for, uh, for marriage and not before, and, and we really believe it. And at the same time, you may be sitting here and say, that's totally unrealistic, you know. I've done it already with many, with many other partners. And uh, what does that mean now? <laughs> How can I, have I, have I messed up now and there's no chance, I might as well let myself go, you know, and, and continue that path? I believe, and uh, I want to tell you a story of a friend of mine that makes this statement so strong. I believe forgiveness and a new start is available. I mean, that's what we believe in with Jesus, right? I mean, it's not that if you lie, for example, um, and then you say, well, I've lied once in my life, and uh, I might as well let myself go, and my whole life is, uh, is, is a bunch of lies, you know? No, that's not what you do. You know that Jesus, he died on the cross for your sins to restore the area of starting to tell the truth. And I think it's the same thing. You know, I think if you are in a relationship right now, and if you are sleeping with your partner, I think if you have this vision from God and this conviction, you can enter pure into your marriage by asking for forgiveness and by starting you. A good friend of mine was experiencing that. He was living in a relationship. They were both Christians and they were not, they had the value, let's not sleep with each other and it's great. And then he, she um, uh, canceled, broke up with him. And um, then they, uh, he was so hurt. And he said, you know what, why did I even wait, you know, for such a long time? I let myself go now. And he slept with many, many other women. And then he felt more and more empty. And then he got to know his, um, his future wife. And she also believed in Jesus and she said, I don't want to have sex. And he said, you know, I think I don't want to have it either. You know, I think I want with you to start a family in the boundaries of our marriage and start and enter in a new way. And what he did is he did a reset. And he said, you know what? I'm not continuing this path. And he asked for forgiveness. We went to a Get Free Day, like we've had a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and he said, you know what? I want to have a fresh start. And I told him, you know what? I believe, I believe God is looking at you as a blank sheet of paper. And you can enter pure in your, in your marriage. And it's so strong, I think. He did that, and he's engaged now, and in a couple of months he's getting married, and he's so excited about it. And I think that's a big, big statement, and I love that story. What does it tell to me? I think 
It's, with, it's like with every other sin in the Bible as well. You can have a restart. And you can let God and the Holy Spirit convince you what is right and what is wrong. And where to go. And then have a new start. And I want to encourage you, even maybe you might be even in a relationship right now and you're sleeping with your partner. Today I want to tell you, if you want and if you let God convince you that this is the right way, you can start again new. And you can turn around. It's possible. With the power of God. You know. Another hot topic we would like to quickly talk about is a very, very hot topic the church totally keeps silence. It's the topic of making love to yourself. Masturbation, the official word. Huh? And I want, to start, I want to have a statement here in this room that maybe it is a little bit challenging, maybe even a little bit edgy for some people here. Because I've heard in the past the church saying, or other Christians saying to me, masturbation is a sin, um, you get a crooked uh, back from it, you get all kinds of diseases. That's the Middle Ages, what, we're, what Middle Ages were telling us. And I, I don't want to say you should do it or you should not do it. But I just think there's pros and cons. Just a little view on the pros. I think the Bible does not mention masturbation at all. There's no Bible verse where it is talking uh, as a sin. So obviously God is very easy uh, with, uh, he, he declares sin in the Bible. He says this is a sin or this is not, you know. So obviously it is no sin. Uh, there is a physical need. I've, I've already talked about that, you know. We have this urge, men and women, the sex drive. And um, many, many people say it is a part of getting to know your own body and your own sexuality. These are the, uh, the pros for masturbation. The cons are, of course, um, it can be in combination with unclean fantasies, pornography, all that stuff that can make you so empty uh, and, 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 and so destructive. It can get an addiction or uh, a compensation for any kind of good feelings or bad feelings. And that's not good either. And in marriage especially, I think, it, is, it creates a distance to your partner. So it's a big topic. I don't want to say do it or don't do it. I just I'm, I want to encourage you to have, uh, to have a conversation with God about that topic as well. Because He is not a sex crime. He wants to be in your, in your relationship, in your sexuality. And He's for you. And He wants to help you with your sex life. Some partner is calling. <laughs> I feel so turned on. <laughs> And we have a couple of minutes left and we want to talk about two other married couples. Um, and my point is tonight, keep that fire burning. Keep that fire burning. You are created with it. God is for it. And I want to talk, I want to read you a Bible verse that sounds a little bit dry, but that, I think there's a profound principle for men and women. This is more of a man's verse. Uh, but uh, how to deal with each other and how to please each other. It's, it's written in 1 Corinthians 7. A husband should satisfy his wife's sexual needs, Paul says. And a wife should satisfy her husband's sexual needs. The wife's body does not belong only to her, it also belongs to her husband. And in the same way, the husband's body does not only belong to him, it also belongs to his wife. So what does that mean? And how does that work, you know? Uh, what are the ingredients for a good sex life in the long run? I want to talk about to the husbands, how to keep the fire burning and what actually your job is how to please your wife. I think husbands 
And we want that, right? We want to get physical satisfaction, but we get that by being serving and affirming to our partners. I've brought you a picture of the sexuality of a man versus the sexuality of a woman. Here's the sexuality of a man. On, off, <laughs> bam. Very easy. Amen. Oh, the house. Very easy. A man is very easy to be turned on and to be turned off. It's an on, off type of thing, right? We are very easy sexual beings. In comparison to the women, it looks a little bit different. <laughs> this is the sexuality, ladies and gentlemen, of your wife. So many knots, so many buttons, where should I push? And when should I push? That's right. Obviously, we men, we know that on-off thing works for us, but it doesn't work for our wives, right? So I want to tell you a little bit what works in our relationship. What are the buttons we can push? And you have, to, you, have to, you have to figure that out in your relationship. You have to talk about it, I think. But here are some buttons that worked for us. I think it's all about, as I said, being serving and affirming. That what, what I mean with that is um, create an atmosphere of romance. Put on some candles. You would not need that, maybe. You have an on-off, husbands. Your wife needs it. She needs a romantic, great, comfortable atmosphere to, be, to open herself up for you and to have sex with you. Affirm her, compliments, speaking the love language. You've probably heard about that. For my wife, she has the, the love language of affirmation, words of affirmation, making her compliments about how she looks and how she is, creating an atmosphere, having a good playlist music works as well. Taking a shower first, putting a nice cologne on. These are all these knots you can push and make it easy and make it exciting and so at the same time it's foreplay right for a woman a foreplay is so important um, i don't know what that is for your wife i know what it is and i'm learning to be better at it what it is for my wife but i think maybe you go home and talk and ask your wife what is serving and affirming for you hey and by the way obviously you get you need to get physical and in, it's in the same way there as well I think for us husbands, it's time to let our wives have her orgasm first. Because we're going to come anyway, right? <laughs> That's right. So it, I think it's important that you are serving and affirming. If you go home as a husband with these two words and you talk with your wife about that, I think that might unleash a new revival to keep that fire burning. Wives get emotional satisfaction by being exciting and inviting. The ladies' verse is, I am my beloved's and he is mine. This sounds so romantic and it gives a feeling of belonging and safety. Now I had a phase in my life after the third child where I just didn't really think I needed the physical sex. For me it was enough to just talk and talk and talk and talk and tell all about how I'm doing and then I could have just said, Good night. <laughs> but of course, this was probably not so great for Bjorn. And, uh, <laughs> it's a bit frustrating, all the listening and then nothing. Um, <laughs> and so of course, I felt guilty. I thought, what's wrong with me? And the next time I went to the gynecologist, the lady doctor, 
I told her the request that my husband had. I said, my husband wants to know if you have a pill that will help me have interest in sex. <laughs> she said, no, but um, what I'm feeling is totally normal because uh, a lady with, with small children or, or baby has so much in her head and she has so much responsibility that it's really hard for her. She barely has any libido because it's just too serious in her head. And this could maybe apply to any lady who's really stressed. Then she said, but you do need, I mean, your husband does need the physical act of sex and it repairs the rips and cracks in your relationship. So it's really good for the marriage. And you have to, she said, you have to find the balance to give him what he needs so that your marriage is healthy. And this made so much sense to me. I felt so relieved. I went home and said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna decide. Tonight we're gonna have sex. And I took a shower and I put on perfume and put on a sexy outfit and I was like, okay, yes, of course I needed to talk and talk and talk and talk again. Because we need emotional satisfaction. And, but then at some point when the husband starts kissing you, just stop talking and start kissing. Then it's just like, okay, it's time for me to be exciting and inviting. You know, I get, I get my emotional fulfillment through all the compliments and, and all the affirmation, all the, all him saying, oh, you're wonderful, you're beautiful. And this is my next point. God showed, started to show me more and more that I was really getting a lot from the sex, from these intimate times and these, these secret places that were, they were, I was getting so much. And um, I realized how much I was getting because when me and Bjorn had had sex lately, I was so filled up with love and compliments that when I went to the, to the fitness studio, I didn't even notice there were any guys there. I mean, I was so filled up, it was fine. And then I noticed though, that when I hadn't had intimate times with Bjorn lately, when I was at the fitness studio, there was like a desire inside of me, like, well, I wish that some of these guys would think I look good, or I wish that some of these guys would think that I'm like somebody special or important. And I was like, whoa, I was shocked. And I said, God, help me. And of course I told myself, Simone, stop it. But I could tell there is a desire in women. There's a need. We need to be told, yes, you're beautiful. We can get this from God if we're single. But we need to be a princess. We need to be valued and cherished and loved and pursued and all these things. And um, I started to realize, yeah, this is a really good thing. It blesses me. And of course, it's also totally satisfaction, pleasurable physically also. Um, and then God also showed me that like the next day, there's so many positive effects. Like the person doesn't annoy you anymore. I can't believe it. It's like, I mean, it's so true though. And um, and you just feel like like you like each other. You want to help each other. You have favor for each other. You're on the same side. You're not on different sides. You're together. And life just feels like so much easier. It's not such a burden. And you've just got this really this really close thing and it's so amazing and it's so worth it so if any of you women have like given up and say oh you know i don't think i need it i hope that that i've convinced you that it's really good for you and you need that emotional fulfillment and you can get it by being exciting and inviting awesome <laughs> i like <laughs> Hey, before we want to pray with you guys, I want to end up with, with one more statement because I, I sense, I mean, and, and that's the reality. Maybe there's couples here, um, the fire is not burning at all anymore. And, or it's getting boring, always, always the same routine, you know. And, and you, have this, you have this longing for a revival in your sex life. 
because you know in the depth of your heart it sh you should you should have you should have enjoyment in that in your marriage but the fire is off and I think I'm here to tell you that God is in your sex life and you can pray about it with each other you can talk about it and you can try new things maybe the fire is off totally and maybe through praying you have you put these wood chips in that off fire and you put even maybe some fire starters and that could be prayer that could be inviting the Holy Spirit into your sex life giving you new passion giving you new fire again and then you put that fire on and it's starting to work again. I mean we read in the Song of Solomon and there's so much in that uh, I want to encourage you to read that for at home um, there's so much affirmation serving and and affirming exciting and inviting what we're talking about it you see it all there but the, you see a couple talking with each other about their sex life you see in the Song of Solomon let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth she's telling that to him for your love is more delightful than wine. Maybe it is time to go home and say, hey, you know what, let's be honest. Our fire is not burning anymore, but we want to invite the Holy Spirit to start that fire again. And we've been, as we said, in 13 years of marriage, we had the most amazing highs all the time, everywhere, and we had the most amazing lows. The fire was off. And we experience, whenever we start praying with each other and getting intimate before God with each other, He revives that new passion, also physical passion for us. And we've been there. And it's so worth it to talk about it. What does, turn, what does, you, what does you turn on? How do you like it? What is too much for you? What do you don't like? Where do you like it? Why do you like it? What do you like? I want to encourage you to be experimental and to try out new things. Because after all, the God of passion, the God of creativity, the God of inventing us, giving us life with the sexual drive as well, He should be the source of reviving our sex life again, right? I mean, we are connected to the source of creativity. We are connected to the source of life. And we can pray for that. At the end, we want to pray with you now. Why don't we all stand up because, I mean, it's such a sensitive, intimate topic. And hopefully we gave you a little bit of some ideas and visions how to live out your sex life in the phase you're in. But we want to pray for you now that God takes you by the hand. And maybe you even take your partner right now by the hand if you have a partner. And invite him, the Holy Spirit, to create a new fire wherever you are. So Jesus, I'd like to bring you all the single people here today and please show them in their hearts that you're right, that it's worth it to wait, that it's more satisfying in the long run. Please help them to have self-control and a strong will to make up their mind ahead of time and to know that they're going to stand strong and they're going to trust you and they're going to hold on to you. I thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful picture of you creating us as sexual beings and you wanting us to be intimate with each other. I want to pray for all the couples here in this room that are not married yet. Show them how to live out their sexual drive and needs in a healthy and balanced way. How to get to know each other in the body and in the soul and in the mind in a healthy, balanced way. 
I want to bless you with a beautiful view on how to actually live that out in the phase you're in right now. But I also want to pray for all the husbands right now. All the frustration that is maybe here in this room. Holy Spirit, we want to do it in the way you see it. I want to declare as a husband, for all the husbands here, we want to be not egoistic. We want to serve and affirm our spouse, our wives. Give us creativity. Give us a new way of, give us new ideas on how to push all these complicated buttons and let it work. Give us a new revival in our sex lives. And Jesus, I just pray for all the married women, especially the ones that have given up. Jesus, please help them to get into this secret place. Just help them to get there, Lord. Help them to get there, Lord. And when they're there, just just let it be wonderful for them. It's so amazing. It's such a blessing for them. And just help them, Lord. Holy Spirit, come blow into the fire and just make it blaze again. Help them to decide, yes, I do want to be exciting and inviting. And my husband, he really deserves it because of the way he, that he loves me. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we take a moment of time of worship and just let that sink in. There's so many to that topic. So sensitive. I have no idea where you are, but God knows where you are. And bring Him your heart. Bring Him your frustration. Bring Him wherever you are right now. And invite the Holy Spirit. He's for you. And He's good. And He wants to restore and give you life. Let's take a moment of prayer and worship.